Hello, hello, and welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. This week, we are talking about the customer journey and how we can build trust during all five stages. So if you struggle with building trust and you're really only creating marketing that's going after people in one particular phase of the buyer's journey, you are doing your business and yourself a disservice. In this episode, we're gonna dive into the five different um, steps of the buyer's journey, and then also how you can use a really powerful tool to not only connect with people on that journey, no matter where they are and which stage they're at, but also move them more quickly and more easily toward purchasing from you, not only the first time, but for multiple times to come. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. And along the way, I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, and probably a whole lot of education. The problem is people can't find you. This is why each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are gonna help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. Email marketing is the best way to captivate and enthrall your audience, as well as build trust with them. Yet, I've heard from so many people, it's so hard to write emails. Well, I'm here to tell you there are some fun and exciting things on the horizon that are gonna help you do just that. But to get you started, I've created a brand new guide that helps you create that first sequence. It's your your welcome sequence, which basically is a, hi, great to meet you, so good to know you, here's a few things that might help you out kind of sequence. Yet people struggle with writing. I get it. It can be like banging your head on the wall or staring at a blank screen and going, I have nothing to say. And that stinks. So I've made it easy for you. You can get access to this guide for free over at alisaconnor.com forward slash email guide, all one word, and you can grab your copy today. So if you're struggling with writing that welcome series and you don't know what to say in those first few emails to build rapport and trust with your audience, you're, you're gonna wanna go grab this guide. It was created with you in mind to make it easy for you to get this done in less than an hour. So go grab the guide today at alisaconnor.com forward slash email guide. And I look forward to seeing you in my inbox. So this week we're gonna talk about the buyer's journey. And for those of you that are not familiar with buyer's journey, this is gonna be a really great episode for you. So if you are sitting down and you can um, take notes, this would be a great episode for you to take notes because figuring this out for your marketing is, um, it will take a little bit of time, but it is gonna be super beneficial for you when you're creating your messaging, when you're creating the landing pages for your website, when you're creating different email sequences that you're gonna send to people, and most importantly, when you're trying to build relationships with future and current customers. So most people don't take the time to do this, and because they don't take the time to do this, oftentimes their marketing doesn't work. And then they're curious, like, why isn't it working? It worked this last time, but it didn't work this time, or it hasn't worked at all, and I put so much effort into it. And so we really want to avoid putting a lot of effort into things that don't work for our business. We don't have time for that, we don't have the energy for that, and we don't have the financial resources for that. So without further ado, let's dive into the five different um, 
stages of the buyer's journey. And if you're familiar with these, great. This will just be a great refresher for you. But if you're not, and this is brand new to you, then I highly recommend you take some notes about this. And if you are driving and not able to do that, just know that the notes for this episode will be typed up and put over on my website at alisaconnor.com forward slash 156. This is episode 156. That's so exciting. I can't believe that it's over 150 episodes already. Um, So the first stage is awareness. And we're going to walk through these pretty quickly because I don't want to spend a lot of time on them. But the awareness stage of the buyer cycle is when people are starting to become aware that they have a problem that they need solved. And so for example, if you are wanting to do a kitchen remodel, you may start going to Pinterest boards and pinning some different sinks that you like, different cabinets that you like, different layouts for your kitchen. Um, You may start searching out like the best contractors in your area. You may start doing some um, planning for the estimate or estimating the, the amount of cost. And you may be thinking about like all of the things that go behind doing a kitchen remodel and, um, or a bathroom remodel or whatever. And so you're just doing a little bit of research. And then the next phase, so very initial stage is awareness. And what's really important about that when you're talking about your marketing is if you're coming into somebody that's just coming to that awareness stage and they're just realizing that they have this problem and you're trying to throw your head on solution at them and they don't even know that they need to solve the problem yet, there's going to be a misfire there and you're not going to um, leave the relationship feeling good. Like they're going to feel like you are ramming your product or service down their throat. And that's the last thing we want. So in the awareness stage, we need to become aware, we need to be offering value and we need to be providing to them the opportunity to learn more, to get more information, to get the um, knowledge and experience that you have so that they can start to trust you in their relationship. So the second phase of the buyer's journey is consideration. And during this phase, that's when people are kind of shopping their options. So if you're looking, if we go back to our example of a kitchen remodel, and you're looking at, say, three different types of refrigerators, what you may do during the consideration time is read reviews on different websites. You may go into the store and touch them and feel them and and see which ones are actually going to work for your family, for how you operate in your kitchen. You may ask friends and family. You may ask other people that have recently remodeled that you run into. Um, It's sort of funny how those people kind of pop up out of the woodwork (laughs) when you are moving forward um, and putting intention towards a project. And so that consideration time is really when you want to show up and sprinkle your secret sauce around so that they're aware that not only do you solve this problem, but here's how you do it a little differently. Here's how um, you could help them get faster results. You could help them um, not have to work so hard to get the result that they want, um, that you're going to streamline and make it easy for them, whatever that might look like. The third stage of the buyer's journey is intent. And this is when the customer is narrowing down their choices. So they've done all their research, they realize they have a problem, um, and they kind of get some more information about it. They do their research during the awareness, uh, the consideration stage. And then during the intent stage, they're really weighing person A with person B and person C. And so this is the opportunity for you to really step up your game and follow up. 
And that follow-up can be something as simple as reaching out to them on social media. It can be um, with a direct message. It can be putting an ad in front of them to remind them of why you're different and you have a secret sauce. It can be sending them an email. It can be sending them a note. It could be any variety of things, but this is really your time to shine. And a great way for you to shine is to showcase your expertise through testimonials, case studies, and um, other reviews. And so the intent piece of it is really where they're ready to almost jump off the ledge and make a purchase. And so we really want to woo our customers and not make them want to turn around and go with our competitors or with somebody else. And oftentimes this is where people will do price slashing. And I want to encourage you to think about very, very hard before you start cutting your prices down. One, because um, most people will only give price as an objection when you haven't really met their other objections. And so we're not going to dive into objections today. That's another completely different episode because that can be a really um, complicated topic trying to flush those out and how do you overcome them and those sorts of things. So that may be a future episode. If that's something you're interested in, reach out to me and let me know. Comment on this post on social media or send me an email um, and let me know, hey, yeah, I'd love to know more about objections because that's a really um, important part of fleshing out your sales page and also um, fleshing out sales conversations. Because if you can overcome those objections, the chances that they're going to purchase and say yes becomes much, much higher. So that's stage number three is the intent. Stage number four is actually when they're ready to purchase. And if you can make it easy for them to purchase and get through the purchasing process, um, the more likely they will move forward and actually trade their credit card number with you for your service. Oftentimes there's a huge breakdown with entrepreneurs for this because they get overwhelmed with the tech, they get overwhelmed with how it should work. And then the almost one of the worst things you can do, which actually leads us into stage five, but we'll get there in just a second, is to drop the ball once people have purchased. Um, and so if we can, and I have been guilty of this as well, but if we can make sure that not only is the purchasing process really easy for them, that they feel special, like they've made the right choice, but then also continuing that through after the purchase is going to not only make them happy and make them feel like, uh, confident in their decision to purchase, but it also leads to stage number five, which is loyalty and advocacy. And this is where the magic begins, my friends, because once they become a customer and they've had a really good experience, number one, this is where your new testimonials come from. But two, this is where people start to refer you to other people and your business really starts to blossom and grow. Plus, you have the opportunity to sell them future products and services because they're already happy customers. So let me give you an example. Recently, we had I had the unfortunate event of walking down to my kitchen um, after you know waking up in the morning and my uh, refrigerator had melted all of the ice cubes all over the floor. And little unbeknownst to me, my refrigerator had died overnight which was not great because I have a family of five and it's, um, we use our refrigerator a lot and you don't really realize how much you use your refrigerator until you don't have one. And so as I walked through these stages, I was doing it a lot more quickly <laughs> than would normally be the case when making a major purchase. But sometimes 
that's how it goes. And so I'm using this example for you because a lot of times we think each of these stages has to take a lot of time, but it doesn't. We just have to keep up with our customers and where they're at. Um, and so when we have a strategy in place to do that and we're aware of these and we build our marketing around that, then it makes it really easy for us to plug them into where they need to be. And not everyone will come into your funnel at stage one. Not everyone's going to come in at the awareness stage. You may you may come in at the intent or purchasing state or the consideration and in intent space. And so you just need to be prepared for where people are coming in and make sure that they're plugged into the right marketing materials. And so back to my refrigerator saga. Um, so we went to the store and I have to say, this was not really the best experience. And so um, typically I'm pretty happy with, uh, you know, with purchasing bigger things. I, I do my research. So I started out with the um, awareness stage, wanting to see like, okay, what refrigerator do we have now? What size is it? We need a comparable refrigerator. Will it fit? Measured all the things. Um, started looking at the major box stores because we did not have time to, you know, dilly, dilly around. Um, and so looked at Lowe's, looked at Home Depot, knew, and there's like a feud in our house because um, two of my kids work at Home Depot and then I, um, my brother worked at Lowe's. And so <laughs> I go back and forth. Anyway, long story short, uh, my brother had some connections at Lowe's. So we went over there and sometimes those connections that you have are not the best. And so um, against my better judgment, we went to a store that was further away and not the store that we normally go to, which is about, I don't know, seven minutes from my house. And they're both Lowe's, but they are both run very, very differently. So we show up and we're wandering around and we're looking at all the refrigerators and um, I'm looking at the, the the features that I know that we need, the ice maker and the water filter and blah, 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 blah. And it's really kind of overwhelming because you're in this three aisle span of different refrigerators and they all look the same. And so you really have to be specific about what you want, what's going to fit, what's going to work for your family. And it can be overwhelming. So um, why this was not a great experience is we got zero help with actually choosing the refrigerator and pretty much had to do that on my own. So if that were my customer, I'd be like, "Mm, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm going to use somebody else. But we were in a crisis situation. And so um, we had to see who actually had a refrigerator and could get it to us quickly. And, um, also, we were looking for uh, a particular brand and um, previously had had a good experience with this vendor, just not this store. So the saga continues. We finally get rung up. Um, the salesperson is pleasant enough. It was obvious he was a little bit overwhelmed, um, gave us an additional discount. And then um, we were scheduled to get the refrigerator about a week later. So this is where the post-purchasing uh, marketing nurturing comes into play. They did a horrible job. So previously when I had ordered my washer and dryer through Lowe's, we had gotten multiple emails about delivery. We got one two days before, Hey, we're coming on Friday. We got one the day of, Hey, we're coming, uh, or the night before, Hey, we're, we're planning on being there between this window. And then the day of, Hey, we're 15 minutes away. Hey, we're at your door. This time we, I, I actually ended up having to call the store because it was the night before. I was like, are we getting this refrigerator or not? I was planning to go out of town on, 
you know, that afternoon I had to figure out like what was happening here. Um, could not called the store we purchased, pur- purchased it at three times, got put on endless hold, never. And it was just like, it was a bother to them. And so already I'm thinking, I just spent a significant amount of money with you and you don't care about me as a customer. So I end up calling the original store that we normally purchase from and they're delightful. And I was like, okay, this tells me everything I need to know. It's a definitely a purchase. It's a store protocol that is the problem here. It's not a company-wide protocol. And so um, the gal that I talked to was delightful. And she said, we can't look this up for you because you didn't purchase it here. But what I can do is call the store and make sure somebody calls you back. So they finally called me back and they said, well, we know it's coming tomorrow, but we don't have a time frame for you. It's the night before. So if you don't get a call within the next hour and a half, just call back tomorrow, which I'm already rolling my eyes because I'm like, I couldn't even get a hold of you the first time. I had to call a different store to get you to call me back. And ultimately, what came down to is we finally got a text message the next day. Um, they were supposed to be here between 8 and 12. And so I'm just waiting around thinking, okay, they'll text me when they're on their way. Nope. They ring the doorbell. Here they are with my fridge. And I was like, it's a good darn thing that I was home and that I wasn't out and about waiting for them to text me and let me know. So I tell you this sort of convoluted story because there are so many examples of what not to do with your customers. Oftentimes we get busy with promoting our products and services, specifically if you're a coach or consultant or a course creator, you're busy promoting your offer. But what we don't do is take care of our customers on the back end. And more often than not, that is the most important piece of the sales process. And so some of the things that I wanted to share with you about ways to build trust can happen at each of these different phases. So if we're looking at the awareness stage and we have somebody and they're just becoming aware, this is a great time for us to provide them our lead magnet. And then not only give them our lead magnet, but then follow up with them with some helpful tips and information about how to utilize that lead magnet. And then what the next step would be in the process for them if they're ready to purchase. And if they're not, then they need more nurturing. They need more trust building. They need more time to get to know us. And so don't drop the ball there. And oftentimes that's where people drop the ball is that they send out their lead magnet email um, sequence and then they never email anybody again. And unfortunately, when that happens, um, people don't remember who you are. They don't know. um, They feel abandoned they feel like you are pushing your sales process when you launch again because they're getting all these sales emails and they haven't heard from you in six months or three months or whatever it might be. And so your opportunity to build trust begins at that very minute with that email welcome sequence and putting yourselves in their shoes and trying to figure out where they are on the journey. And then the second stage, which is the intent stage, gives you an opportunity to dive a little deeper into not only why you do what you do, but also Um, how you do it a little bit differently than other people and how you could help them solve their problem with your solution and even how you've helped other people solve that same problem. This is a great place to plug in case studies and testimonials and reviews and that sort of thing into another email sequence or into a social post. Instead of just randomly throwing it out there, make it conducive to the people that are at different stages of this buyer's journey. And then the third stage is the intent. And this is a great um, place for you to really ramp up your sales sequence 
And when I talk to people, they don't even have a sales sequence. They just <laughs> jump from welcome sequence to here, buy my stuff. And oftentimes it takes specific intentional emails to get people to pull the trigger and actually purchase. And when we take the time to create that content and create those emails with the intention of serving our future customer, our potential and future customer, it shows. It shows that we are connected to them, we are connected to their success, and we are connected to them um, becoming part of our community, becoming part of our business, and ultimately becoming a long-term customer. And then the fourth piece of this, well, of course, if you're in the purchasing mode, of um, people are actually buying from you, make it easy, make it not like, I have had many times where I have purchased something and I was like, did it go through? Like, did they get my order? I didn't get an email, I don't know know, what's happening with this. I'm not getting any kind of information about how to log in or did my shipment ship or anything like that. And so setting those up so that that purchasing process is smooth and easy and makes them feel confident about their purchase will go miles um, and really bump up the value of what you provide to them so that not only do they have a good purchasing experience, but it also reduces the chance that they are going to ask for a refund or that they want um, to, well, I guess that's it. (laughs) It's gonna reduce the chance that they ask for a refund and become a problem client because you have taken care of the um, the next steps for the purchasing and just make it really simple and easy and help boost their confidence. So if you don't have a purchasing sequence set up, I highly recommend that. And that happens like as soon as they put their credit card through, you can actually create an automation in your email service provider or um, if you have a, a joint Um, product like Kajabi, you can actually create that as soon as the purchase goes through and you can send them multiple emails. It doesn't just have to be one email. Like here is how you log in. It can be emails about how the the product is going to help them, um, how to get started, all of those sorts of things. So, and you can make it as long or as short as you want. And then last but not least, you want to um, really start thinking about, okay, how do I build customer loyalty? How do I create advocacy so they're starting to talk about me? And oftentimes we try to do this in our newsletter, but we also have an opportunity with those loyal customers who have purchased from us to test new ideas, test new products, give them the opportunity to get in on um, future offerings before anybody else. And so that not only makes them feel special and valued, but it also will build the hype for when you start to launch that product Um, they will share it with other people. And so that loyalty and advocacy can go beyond your weekly newsletter, your weekly email series that you send out um, and beyond any of the other series. Because when you start to go to that audience and ask them for their input and their their, um, advice and their biggest problems, it gives you a map of what to create next instead of creating something and then hoping and praying and crossing your fingers that someone buys it. So that's the end of the episode for this week. We're gonna dive a little bit more deeply into these email sequences. There are actually 10 different email sequences you can send uh, set up for your business. And so I'm gonna start a new series starting next week to kind of talk about those and how we can set 
those up and then it doesn't have to all be at one time. We can do it over time, just like with this. For you to, uh, you may be feeling a little overwhelmed. Like this is a lot to dive into all of these different marketing tactics for these different um, stages. And so what I recommend for that is like, look at your current audience and see where are they right now on this journey? Like, are they just in the, do you have a lot of people that are just in the awareness stage and are not really ready to move forward? Or do you have people that are actually looking for a solution? And regardless of where they are in the journey, start there because you can always fill in the others as you build your business. And so don't let it overwhelm you. Just pick a starting point, create some marketing around that starting point, and then build from there. Um, And these don't have to take a lot of time to build out. They don't have to take a lot of time to um, create. And the nice thing is, is once they are created, they're done. Like you can go back and tweak them once in a while, but the hard work is behind you. And then they are working for you. And um, ultimately it feels to your potential customers like you are having a conversation directly with them and not just a conversation that is talking at them. Those are very, very different things. So once again, just to reiterate those five stages, so in case you missed them, the first one is awareness. That's when be- when people are becoming aware that they have a problem that needs to be solved. Um, consideration is where they start shopping their options. And hopefully one of those options is you. And the third phase is intent where they're actually narrowing down to one, two or three options to choose. The fourth stage is when they actually purchase. And then the fifth stage is where you have the opportunity to build loyalty and advocacy for your brand. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I really appreciate you being here. If you have any questions or comments about um, this specific buyer's journey, reach out to me over on LinkedIn. The link to reach me will be in um, the show notes at elisaconnor.com forward slash 156. And I do respond to all my direct messages. So if you send me a message over there, I will respond. And I would love to connect with you over there. In the meantime, I hope you have a great week uh, and that you are enjoying this first day of fall. Take care, be well, stay safe. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries, we've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode you can find over at alisaconner.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R dot com forward slash podcast.